Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramis, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. Now, last week, we touched a little bit on some false teachings about deliverance and inner healing and all of these different teachings that usually end up doing some sort of processing the, the past. Right. Where do all of these go wrong? Well, I wrote a few things down since the last time we recorded uh, and ideas come into my mind. I write them down because I won't remember otherwise. Okay. Number one, we, they force us to deal with what we cannot know. Okay. That is endemic to deliverance and inner healing. They're requiring us to deal with what we don't know. We talked about some of that last week. For example, ancestral curses. We don't even know who all our ancestors were. Right. Or what they did. So there's just big quagmire unknowable. And we have to gain knowledge in order to break the curses for any of these false teachings. But we can't possibly know that. So then that requires we have some sort of a shaman. They call them prophets or inner healing counselors that are getting secret information through some means other than scripture alone. Okay. okay. That's just built in. So that means the whole thing is wrong, in my opinion. Number two, well, let, let me talk about first before we go to the next point. What are some of the things we for sure cannot know? Well, the number one that comes to my mind is what Jeremiah 17 says about the human heart. Right. It's desperately wicked. Who can know it? Applied answer, no one but God. Right. It says God does, but man doesn't know the heart. God does. Okay, so we're easily self-deceived. And the arena of the past, the spirits, the curses, all of the things, bad faith that the pagans were concerned about. We'll talk about that. We deal with Ephesians. It's all this huge, massive arena of the unknown. Right. And what shocks me, Jessica, is how many books, and they're still coming out, have in the title, the secret or the mystery. Right. A helpful hint. If the title has the secret in it, it's probably not anything you should read. Yeah, because it's either secret things that belong to God, which we cannot know, or yeah. it's revealed. So put in your title what's revealed in Scripture and explain it to us, and you'll have a helpful book. If you right. have a book that claims to tell us secrets, well, then you're going into the arena that we can't know anyhow, and your book is illegitimate and should not even be on the market. Exactly. And guess which ones sell the most? The false books claiming to have the revelation of secrets that God has not revealed. Yep. Okay? So these teachings require us to know what we cannot know. Okay. So, well, and that's a problem. That should be a red flag right there. Yeah. In any other reading of life, we would just laugh that off. 
this, it would be like the cable person saying there's some little thing deep in your cable box that's probably doing something, and that's the key. You better figure that out. And of course, you can't know that. Right. Okay. That would not, not be a satisfactory answer. No. And I'm telling you this, the cable box is more knowable than the human heart. Oh, amen. Yes. So, because it's something that humans created. Yeah. It's scientific. It's engineered. It can be known and understood. Right. The human heart cannot be because it says in Jeremiah 17 that it cannot. So, dear saints, don't waste your time and your money and your emotional energy working through what you can't know. Last week, we showed checklists that this Neil Anderson puts out there. And, but his checklists, as long as they are, are still not comprehensive. Yeah. There's more things that could be going on. And it's just telling you that there's some deep, dark, mysterious, complicated, uh, convoluted thing going on. And if you don't figure it out, you're probably cursing. You don't even know how to get out of it. That just sounds so hopeless. It is. It yeah. is. You wouldn't believe the people that have emailed me who have been through all of that, and they're still feeling hopeless. And so I just point them to the simple truth of Christ and the gospel and the promises of God that we can know. Okay. So in general, dear listeners and, and people who are watching on YouTube, in general, it needs to be straightforward, clear teaching about what is revealed in Scripture. Right. That's noble. And so we're going to be talking about the armor of God. Every piece is something that is a gospel issue like truth, righteousness, salvation, the word of God, and so forth. And these aren't some weird, secret, mysterious things. No, and it's clearly laid out for us in Scripture. We don't even need to find out a secret. You know, um, on another topic, I'm sure we it's, it's, it's related. But means of grace is very much related because it's how God actually changes us. In an article I wrote for CICministry.org on means of grace, which we also published, I start out by the story uh, using the story of Naaman who came to find healing from leprosy. Okay. And yeah. uh, he came to Israel because he heard there was this prophet, Elisha, who knew how to deal with these things. Right. And so he goes there. And was that Elisha or Elijah? I think it was Elisha. I think so. I think so. Well, if it's wrong, be... Uh, you can look that up in your concordance, okay? So Naaman goes there, and the prophet said, well, just tell him to go wash in the Jordan. Right. Uh, now, the guy becomes very incensed because he was an important person from another right. country. He expected to be treated with at least some dignity or royalty, or the prophet would come out and wave his hands or do some, here, do this and do that and try that. Expect some great thing. We've got better water where I'm from. Uh, what do I care about the Jordan? And he's going to stomp off and not be healed. And his mm -hmm. servant said, well, had he um, asked you to do some great thing, would he have done it? Yes. Well, why don't you just go do what he said? How, what's wrong with that? 
So yeah. he goes and he does what it, what he's told by the prophet of God, and he's healed. Right. So I started out with that, and here's why I started out with that biblical story, historical account, in my article about means of grace. Means of grace are simple, understandable, and accessible. They're for all Christians. Right. But people don't want something simple. Like they want the, the mighty the man of God to come wave their hands. Yeah. If there's some great prophet of God coming to town, it's going to have a meeting and he's going to reveal the secret of whatever it is he's claiming he's going to reveal, or he's going to get revelations that are going to cure all your problems. He'll get a great big, huge crowd. Right. Okay, that's what Naaman expected. But if the answer is simple, believe the promises of God. Uh, Baptism, the Lord's Supper, okay? Yeah. Teaching of the Word of God, gospel preaching, believing simple promises that are given to us. Well, that can't be it. That's not going to help. I need something else. Well, so that's what's going on here. Because they're telling you there's this vast secret world out there, which is out there, but it's not for us to know. Past experiences ancestors, ancestral curses, various ranks of demons, which exist, but we don't even know what their names are. Mm -hmm. When they're mentioned in Ephesians, it doesn't say who's who or how we can figure it out. That's God's business. And so all of this complicated world that are the secret things belong to God, that's what we want to know. See, because I, they say, well, I've been going to church and I still got all these problems, so there must be something out there. Maybe this guy can figure out what it is. Yeah. Maybe I'll read Neil Anderson's book, or maybe I'll read uh, Bob Larson's book, or maybe I'll read Ed Silvoso's book, or maybe I'll read this big, uh, some of these going back decades, but big, thick books, Healing of the Inner Person, and it's just page after page of secret stuff. So there's the first thing. It's basic, it's clear, and it's accessible ACC is how that's spelled. We have access to it by all Christians. That's it's right. Not for some spiritual elite. And those are things that God gives every baby Christian a desire for. We don't have to be told to pray. It's now in our nature to do so. We right. love fellowship with other Christians, and we right. desire the Word of God. Right, as it's we not said, only the means He's provided; it's what He gives us a desire for. Yeah, Acts two forty two. That happened immediately. The very first church in the Book of Acts, Acts two forty two, included fellowship, prayer, breaking bread, apostles' teaching. Yeah. All right. And that works for all Christians. It isn't because it was given by God and ordained by God. God did not ordain a ministry of being a professional curse breaker. No. The pagans knew that. All of the pagans had that in their ancient religions. And uh, I've read some books and about what they did. And some of this is revealed in Acts. We'll get to that when we get into this article. But they just would spend a lot of their money trying to find the secret to these things. And here we have Christians doing the same thing. Yes. Now, why? That's a good question. Why do they do that? Why do they run to these places and these 
people, these false teachings, because they feel hopeless because they've been told sometimes by false teachers that if you have any problems at all in your life, then you're an inadequate Christian. Right. Okay. And it, it just hurts people. So the fact that even after conversion, there are still problems. Now, some people think, well, it shouldn't be that way. Well, read the Bible. Read the book of Acts. Right. Read the epistles that Paul wrote. There were problems in every church. Humans are still flawed. We're forgiven. We're redeemed. We're cleansed. We have, we have the mind of Christ. We, are, we have been sanctified, set apart for God, and we are being sanctified as God is working in our life. But perfection doesn't come till the resurrection. Right. And so everybody you know, has problems. So if you think that you're looking for perfection, what you'll find is just sorrow and confusion and harm, and you won't actually get better. These these man-made processes can't help us, and neither can seeking secret things that we can't know. But as you said, the means of grace is what God has given us for our help to bless us while we're here on this earth waiting for the resurrection and for our resurrected bodies. And yes, it's not it's not difficult. It's not hard. We need to rest in the simple things of the means of grace. Right. You know, Jessica, after 40, well over 40 years now of ministry, I think it really boils down to lack of being content with what God has provided. Right. And an unwillingness to wait for the things like the rapture, which may or may not happen in our lifetime, but mm -hmm. future promises will happen for all of us. We will be raised from the dead. God is going to ultimately perfect us. And we need each other. And these false teachings actually harm that process because if you start teaching these theories about why Christians have problems, well, then we're afraid to have any. Because okay. if we didn't get figure it out, like whoever wrote these books and whoever shows up at church and seems to be problem-free, and they put on the air of being that way because they don't dare be any other way. Then ordinary Christians start thinking, well, what's wrong with me? I better go buy some of these books. Right. And that actually just creates more problems. Right. Because it actually pushes them away from the means of grace that would help them. Okay. Um, like that story of Naaman there was something that would help him and he almost missed it because he didn't think God could use something that simple. Right. Okay. Why did that work by the way? Is it because of the type of water in the Jordan? No, it's because there was a promise from a true prophet from God attached to it. Right. The promise. He obeyed of God. Yeah. So he just believed the promise of God and obeyed what was said. The promises that come to us come from true prophets and apostles, Christ right. and his apostles. In, in Ephesians, it's the foundation, Christ the cornerstone, 
and his apostles and prophets is the completion of the foundation. Okay, so when they start believing all these things and you still have some problems that have to be dealt with, but you think that makes you a deficient Christian, then you wonder, well, maybe I shouldn't even go to church. There's something wrong with me. Or you don't ask for prayer from the saints at church because you don't want them to know that you have problems. And then so Christians don't pray for each other because they're thinking they have to put on this air of invincibility. Wow. I've heard testimony. That just makes people, problems worse. Yeah. I've heard testimony from people who were in the word of faith movement. And they told me that's exactly what happened. Wow. Well, I suppose, and you wouldn't dare say I'm struggling with this or especially with the word of faith. You, you can't even, I mean, could you even say, okay, I have cancer because then they're going to turn around and say, don't claim that. Yeah. you. It's hopeless. It's just, it's very, very harmful and it makes things worse. And so the inner healing now, um, Neil Anderson and Bob Larson aren't specifically word of faith, but they're saying the answer lies in this mysterious realm of the spirits. As we okay. pointed out last week, Larson wants us to interview spirits to find out what's going on. And uh, Neil Anderson wants us to do these checklists of possible sources of curses. And uh, they have renunciations and affirmations, which by the way, are very suspiciously like the incantations of the shamans from Ephesus in Asia Minor. Right. And the paper will get into that. So everybody has problems. Everybody needs prayer. And everybody needs to stand firm in the armor of God, which are all gospel issues. And that's what we'll be talking about. So that was the first point I thought about this week as a follow-up to last time. We must deal with what we can't know in Scripture, but they force you to deal with the unknown. The okay. complexities of the human heart that the Bible says we cannot truly know, and then the world of the spirits, which we know is there, but the details are not for us to know because that's right. all information. Now, here's another one. You think, so I was just thinking about this all week. This one. There's a the link between past experience and current behavior. Now, this gets more into the psychology part. Okay. The link between past experience and current behavior and mental states is not truly knowable. Now, I want to I want to make a claim there. So, going from the curses and the spirits, let's just talk about all the Christian psychology out there. Okay. In the pop book. That's a lot. Well, theophastic counseling. We talked about that. Right. We have an article about it. Okay. So what they're trying to do is figure out the link between, let's say, known. Okay. Let's just go to the known. Sometimes they go beyond that and use hypnosis and try to, or, or dreams and try to pro probe into the occult area of the unknowable. Or they'll recover memories that may or not even be may or may or may not even have ever happened. Okay. Right. So recovered memories is a real bugaboo. It caused so much problems in the 80s that there was supposedly this massive problem 
of satanic ritual abuse going on in our neighboring city of Wisconsin. And I, I actually uh, interviewed somebody who had been falsely accused of that. A pastor brought him over uh, to our pastor's meeting we had back in the 80s, we were talking about it. And, and then people started questioning it because it just was like mushrooming. Yeah. See, Tanny, people were having babies in order to sacrifice them to Satan, and supposedly. And all these things are going on. Well, okay. finally, there were so many of them, the law enforcement people started saying, well, wait a second. It's not plausible that this many people could be having babies and then killing them or doing these satanic rituals in our state here. And we don't have any evidence of it. Where is all of this? Right. And so then what happened, really what stopped it was some lawsuits came to pass. Uh, they got some lawyers involved and started suing the false accusers. Okay. Character assassination. And the thing ended up being debunked. Good. Okay. Yeah. And you don't hear about it anymore. I mean, not mm -hmm. like we did. It, you were kind of young in the 80s, Jessica, but that was such a big deal. I was on everybody's mind. Well, see... Christians run to this stuff. They, that's it. That's what's going on. I must have been a victim of a satanic family that was doing all this weird stuff. It yeah. didn't even really happen. So these people are tormented about lies. Their, their lives are being destroyed over things that are not even true. Right. And there was a case down in Florida where uh, a pastor's daughter had gone to some had accused him of horrible things, but she had been going to some counselor who was doing some kind of recovered, me me recovered memory therapy. Uh, yeah. This is, again, back from the 80s. So I don't know if I have all the details right, but she ended up, he ended up losing his ministry. Uh, I don't know if he spent time in jail, but it was just horrible. His life was destroyed. And he got a lawyer and he started researching all this. And it turns out, he had proof that some of these claims, because there was details about times and places. Yeah. He was able, through his lawyer, to go to court and say, this could not have happened, and here's how. Good. And he won the case in a huge settlement. I don't know if ever, any money ever came his way through this, but his, by, by the time that time, his family, his life was destroyed. Well, some of these things sobered up some of these counselors and deliverance counselors and therapists to the point where they kind of backed off. Right. It was the lawsuits that stopped them, not the false doctrine. Yeah. And they didn't want to be sued or lose their license or whatever. So they quit believing these wild claims. Yeah. Now we're not saying that really bizarre things have not actually happened to people. Right. Horrible things do happen. But Satan's more than capable of giving us a false recovered memory. Well, that's what objectively was proved in some cases. And that caused people to start doubting the claims. Right. Okay. So whether it's through hypnosis or some other process, they're trying to find memories of things that may never have happened. Yeah. Okay. And so that's... Now, well, why am I telling you this? Because we need to assure Christians that their current spiritual well-being 
is not dependent on their past, whether it's something remembered or not remembered. Right. Please be assured. Please believe the promises of God, dear saints. It will comfort you. However bad it was, and I'm not belittling anybody who's gone through horrible things, but I've known people throughout my Christian life who really have gone through horrible things, who are full of the joy of the Holy Spirit and are new creatures, and uh, they use that as um, what Satan meant for harm, God meant to use for good. Exactly. Like Joseph said in, in Genesis 50 and verse 20. He was abused by his family. Yep. And at the end of it all, Joseph said, God meant it for good. Right. And, and he actually the, was abused by his family. It wasn't a false recovered memory. Yes. And, and God used it to save that entire family. That doesn't justify what happened. But it gives us hope that God will use whatever happened as we are new creatures in Christ to further his purposes. All right. So well, we've me, got about two minutes left. How, how do you want to wrap this up? Okay. Dear saints, your spiritual well-being, your status as a child of God, the fruits of the Spirit, the joy of Christ and the Holy Spirit, the joy of salvation is not dependent on things that you can't know anyhow. Okay. Amen. And it's dependent on our relationship with Jesus Christ and his work of grace in our lives. And never believe a theory that requires you to know what cannot be known. All right. Well, next week, next week, we're going to get to CIC issue 122. <laughs> There's so much background information, though, that we really just need to take some time so that you have an idea for those of you who haven't been involved in these things of what some of the issues are out there so that we can present the truth to you. So we are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. We want to remind you, you can access this episode and many others at the website cicministry.org. And we want to remind you to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramis. And Bob DeWay. We'll see you next week. <laughs>